Hey there, preheaters. It's Andrea in Olympia, Washington. Welcome to the last of our four August Quick Bite episodes. In the time-honored tradition of summer vacation, Stefan and I are taking a few weeks off and prepping the show for all kinds of fall fun. But we didn't want to leave you hanging, so we're taking turns hosting bite-sized episodes this month to see you through. This week, I'm back in the kitchen, focused on the most important meal of the day. That's right, it's breakfast time again. While I've mentioned making granola many times over the last three seasons, I've never shared my base recipe and the special tricks I have up my sleeve. So grab an iced coffee and get ready for some short and sweet talk. I have always been a huge granola fan. As a child, I really wanted it, but I think we didn't buy it that often because it was maybe a little bit more on the expensive side. I'll have to check with my mom and see on that. Sometimes my memories don't match up to the reality of the situation. Anyway, I remember long coveting granola as a special treat. When I moved to Olympia and I met my friend Mary Beth, you guys might recall her. She is the developer of Mary Beth's Reliable Pie Crust. She told me that she had the granola recipe from one of our local bakeries and that she always made her granola at home. And I was so excited to get my hands on that recipe and start doing that. My husband loves my homemade granola. I love my homemade granola. I do think it is cheaper than buying it in the store. And more importantly, I think it's fresher and it's a lot easier to customize. It is something that I can easily make gluten-free for my gluten-free friends just by using gluten-free oats. And I can also customize it in two different batches. So for example, I like dried fruit in my granola and my husband doesn't. So I'll make the same batch, but then just change things at the very end. So I'm here today to share with you my secrets for homemade granola. When you're making your own granola at home, you're always going to start out with some sort of base grain. I almost always use oats. And again, you can use gluten-free oats if you prefer. And I'm talking about the old-fashioned rolled oats, not the quick cooking or the instant kind. You could also use wheat or barley or whatever kind of grain you like. And typically I use about three cups of the grain. Then I have to use a sweetener and a fat. So for sweeteners, you could use honey. You could use maple syrup. You could use a combination of brown sugar and water. Traditionally, I use maple syrup, but I recently had a friend bring me some honey from the bees in her beehive. So I think I'm going to try honey in my next batch. And along with that honey, you're also going to use a fat. And that could be butter. It could be vegetable oil. It could be coconut oil. Again, it's to your preference. If you've got someone who's dairy-free, go with the coconut oil or the vegetable oil. So it's really easy to modify. I typically use butter. And the ratio was about half sweetener to half oil. Typically, you melt that down, get it nice and liquid, and you're also going to add in about two tablespoons of water. While that is cooling, you can work on your add-ins. So your add-ins are everything from fruit to nuts to any other sort of things you want to throw in there. With fruit, I like dried apricots blueberries, cranberries, and sour cherries. And as I mentioned, my husband doesn't like any of those. So I always wait until the very end to toss my dried fruit in. For nuts, you can do almonds, walnuts, sunflower seeds, cashews, 
run the gamut, use whatever you like, but just make sure you go with the unsalted, unroasted versions. So you want the raw nuts because you are going to be toasting these and baking these in the oven. I also add in what I think of as a little bit of a secret ingredient, and that is either some oat flour or wheat germ. And I think that helps the granola clump up and get a little bit pastier so it sticks together better. Now, I think there is a debate among clumpy versus non-clumpy granola. When I first started eating granola, I know I loved it super clumpy. And over time, I decided I liked that less. I found that I was soaking it more and more in milk to kind of make the clumps go away. And at a certain point, I thought, well, I just don't think I need all these clumps. Also, for me, sometimes they can almost feel like a toothbreaker, and that's no fun. So I tend to make my oatmeal less clumpy rather than more. If you like that clumpy oatmeal, some suggestions are that when you bake it, you want to press it down into the jelly roll pan and only stir it once. When I bake my granola, which I do at 350 degrees for about 30 minutes, I typically stir it two or even three times. So the basic method is really easy. First of all, preheat your oven to 350. You know, all good recipes start with that instruction. And then your second step would be to melt your fat and your sweetener together. So I take a tiny little pot and plop it on the stove, and that's where I melt my butter. And I'll use about half a stick of butter and then about a third a cup of maple syrup. That's sort of my preferred fat-sweet combination ratio. And once that's melted and I let it cool a little bit, I start working on the dry mixture. So I get one of those really big bowls and I put my three cups of oatmeal in there. And then I start adding in my add-ins. So the dried fruit, I wait until the end. I don't bake the dried fruit in the oven. But the nuts, um, I either throw them in whole if they're small like sunflower seeds, or I'll chop them up if they're big like almonds. Things like a chia seeds or hemp seeds you can throw those in as well i like to throw coconut flakes in there sometimes i'll wait and throw the coconut flakes in maybe halfway through the baking because i've found that they can have a tendency to burn a little bit so sometimes if i'm i'm feeling like taking some extra time I'll throw them in halfway. If I'm feeling like I don't have time to babysit my granola, I'll just toss them in and roll the dice. Any other mix-ins that you want, like I mentioned, that oat flour, that wheat germ, and also two tablespoons of water. That will help everything kind of come together. So you're stirring together your base mixture of your oats and your mix-ins. You're pouring in that melted fat and sweetener combination. You're adding your two tablespoons of water. You give it all a good mix, and then you spread it out in your big jelly roll pan. I always put a sheet of parchment paper on the bottom so I don't have a big mess to clean up later. You pop it in the oven, like I said, 350 for about 30 minutes. I check mine every 10 to 15 minutes, so I'm either stirring it at least twice while I'm cooking or maybe even three times. And that is what will help you from accidentally burning anything like the coconut flakes. Or sometimes I find like pecans, they might tend to burn more than other nuts, so you want to be careful with that. I pull the granola out of the oven. I let it sit and cool. And when it's all cooled down, that's when I'll add in my final mix-ins of the dried fruit. And then I put it in a big glass jar. It goes in my pantry. If it's gluten-free, I label it that way so that anyone who wants 
gluten-free will know that it's safe to eat, and it gets eaten very, very fast. My husband loves to have granola on top of his yogurt at night as kind of his nighttime treat, and I love granola for breakfast in the morning with milk or almond milk or Greek yogurt or really anything. I also could eat granola just by the spoonful or the handful. It's one of my favorite treats. I hope you enjoyed my recipe for this homemade granola. I'll post it on our webpage, preheatedpodcast.com under episode 139. And of course, I'll also put a link over in our preheated Facebook listeners group. Well, the timer's buzzed and I've got to get the icing on to this episode. We release new shows every Monday morning, and Stefan and I will both be back next week with our regular full-length episodes. We're kicking off our September baking with some new twists on old classics. Think you've seen it all when it comes to banana bread, pound cake, and lemon drizzle? Well, think again. In the meantime, consider catching up on any of our episodes you may have missed. There's more than 135 of them now. You can download our show on Google Play, Apple Podcast, or Spotify. And if you'd like to receive an email with a link to the full show notes, connect with us on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, and sign up for our newsletter. Don't forget to join our Facebook community, Preheated, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter, where we're at PreheatedPod. Until next time, thanks for listening and sweet dreams. Preheated is written, performed, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stefan Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions.